It's amazing that uh, sometimes family members can um, look at your walk in Christ and not really appreciate what God is doing in your life. I believe that familiarity is great, but you've heard the saying that familiarity sometimes breeds contempt. Sometimes you can have, amen, some of the greatest people in your midst and their family or friends or, you know, someone that you know very closely and miss the real message of their lives. Can you imagine growing up with Michael Jordan? <laughs> Can you imagine being a brother of Michael Jordan, growing up in the same house as Michael Jordan? Amen. Can you imagine that Michael goes to high school and he goes to college and he excels and he's excelling as he's going far and he ends up in the NBA. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? Uh, my daughter asked me the other day, she said, Daddy, has, uh, my, has her mom too, you know, have, has anybody in your class, amen, in your, uh, you know, when you go into high school or, or elementary or wherever, have they ever became stars? And we, we were thinking about that and we're like, no, no, we don't know really anybody that became movie stars. Can you imagine growing up with Michael Jordan in the same house, y'all? <laughs> Can you imagine, amen, when he first started playing, how uh, the story's been told, he wasn't really that good, amen? And all of a sudden, he rised to stardom. Can you imagine being LeBron James's cousin, amen? Isn't that something that when you are related to somebody who's important, right? Isn't it amazing how we, amen, we name drop, amen. It may be a second, third, fifth cousin, amen, but you're like, yeah, that's my cousin. You don't say which one or that's my brother, you know what I mean? You know, that's family. It's amazing how we claim this, you know, uh, allegiance with people of status, and in our passage today, in our passage today, I just want to do a biography sketch of a man who grew up with the greatest man that ever lived. And his name is Jesus. The book of James is distinctly Jewish in nature. It suggests, and it was composed when the church was still predominantly Jewish. It reflects Amen. The church being persecuted. We find in this passage that James is writing to a church, amen, that was persecuted and accused of something that they did not do. Have you ever been there before? Where you've been accused, you've been lied on, amen, about things that you did not do? Well, at this particular time, Nero had burnt down Rome. And had blamed the Christians. The Christians were being scattered. They were being dis they were dispersed abroad. But here we find our writer is James. Now, James is the half-brother. Here's what you need to know about his profile. Number one, he was the half-brother of Jesus. And, and I say that it's a danger in familiarity because 
I, I want to just share some highlights from his life to let you know that all was not well with James and Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus had two, three other brothers, amen, and a sister. And it's amazing. Can you imagine growing up in the same house? Not as Michael Jordan, but can you imagine growing up in the same house as Jesus? Can you imagine the Savior of the world, the one that we hang our faith on, the one that grown men and women and children have placed their trust in? Can you imagine having the opportunity to grow up with the greatest, I'm going to say it one more time, Muhammad Ali said he's the greatest, but he didn't raise from the dead. I believe that Jesus is the greatest that ever lived. And can you imagine that James had an opportunity to feel what we would like to feel, amen, being in his presence. Do I have anybody? Can you imagine just being around Jesus for a few hours? Can you imagine just what you would feel all, I mean, just, just to bask in his presence, knowing that he was, amen, he was God and man at the same time. I don't know about you, but there's something about the name Jesus that's mystical, it's magical, it's powerful, it's, amen, it's something about his name that just every time I say his name, it's powerful, amen. I want to tell you something about that name that changes lives, that transforms people, that turns you around, that puts you on the right path in life. It is Jesus that has done that for us, but just imagine living in the same house as him. Just imagine that James had the opportunity to believe in Jesus, but guess what James did? James rejected Jesus. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he did not believe. Amen. So the first thing I want to say about James is that James had a good example. But because of familiarity, because of familiarity, you can overlook the example that you have. And listen, you don't want to look too commonly on the people who have an impact in your life. Here's the thing. James missed the big picture while he was alive. Isn't that something? Watch this. James, not only did he grow up with Jesus, but watch this. What better example? What better example to have? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that Jesus, amen. Can you imagine them playing together, sharing clothes together, amen. He isn't. Jesus didn't curse. The Bible said he was sinless. He didn't get angry, amen. When he lost the game, I'm sure he lost a few games, amen. Amen. Playing marbles or whatever they played back in Palestine, whatever, in Bethlehem or wherever they grew up. Watch this. Here's the thing. I want to say this to you, saints. There's something about familiarity that causes us, watch this, to overlook the good example that we have. May I say this to you? Your example may be right in front of you, but you're missing it. Come on, somebody. Your example may be right in front of you, but you are what? Missing it. Watch this. He saw his life, but yet... 
the Bible says here, James. James, who writes now as a what? Bondservant. But before I go there, I'm just dealing with James. So he was Jesus' half-brother. They lived together. They played together. They ate at the same table. They were disciplined by the same parents. But yet familiarity caused him to deny what everybody else, amen, knew. He denied that he was the Messiah. See, that's where the problem comes in. Familiarity sometimes can cause us to miss the good example, but it also causes us to miss the message. Are you with me? Watch this. So the question I have was, is this, why, how could you live in the same house as Jesus and yet, amen, reject him as Messiah? Isn't that something? Amen. We got good examples in front of us. We have parents who live for Jesus. I mean, parents got kids, and guess what? You, you show them a good, the, good, the right way. You show them a good example. You walk with them. You pray with them. You teach them the word of God. But yet, they reject the message. Now, the one reason that James rejected Christ because, number one, I'm going to tell you the second thing. Not only did James have a good example. So, he, so here's the thing. If you have a good example, then you have no excuse. James had what? A good example. But secondly, James was not saved. See, that's the reason why he did not accepted him or understood who he was because James was fallen. And Jesus had not yet, watch this, died, come on, buried, <laughs> rose again from the dead and ascended. So the problem lies is that he was in his sinfulness, he was in his fallen condition, but yet, can you imagine, I'm using my sanctified imagination now, can you imagine that Jesus may have witnessed to him? Listen, how is it? that all these thousands of people, 12 disciples came to him. All he said to Matthew was come, but he's in the same house. Oh, I'm talking about familiarity here for a minute. Familiarity will cause you to miss salvation. Come on, somebody. Here he is. Here he is. He's in the same house as Jesus. The disciples accepted him. Thousands of people ran to him. There were people who heard, just watch this. The woman with the issue of blood said, I heard about you. Yeah. Come on, somebody. But yet, James, I'm just talking about James this morning. Yet James, who lived in the same house, I'm saying it again, amen. Yet he rejected Jesus. He wasn't saved, y'all. Watch this. Jesus may have shared the good news with him, but yet he rejected him. Why? Because of what? Familiarity. Familiarity, there's a danger in it because you can miss your destiny or mess your destiny up simply because of familiarity. 
Are you with me? Now it says, watch this, watch this. Not only was James not saved, but here's the other, here's the other problem with James. James was not only saved, right? He was not saved. But here's the other problem about familiarity. Familiarity will cause us to reject Jesus as the Messiah. See, the problem was not just believing his message. Come on, somebody. But believing that he is, come on, the Messiah. To, listen, here is the danger of rejecting Jesus. The danger is that James was headed to hell. Do I have anybody? I don't know about you, but James, amen, he was still in the world. James, watch this, he would not have made it to heaven. James, watch this, his sins would not have been forgiven. Come on, somebody. He would not have eternal life. He would not live out his true calling, and I'll get to that in a minute because here's the thing. You can reject Jesus for a little while, but I want to tell you something. There's something about the risen Savior. There's something about Jesus, and I want to say this to you this morning that, that, that maybe, amen, there are some people in your life that's rejecting the message because of the way you live. Come on, somebody. And maybe somebody may be rejecting the message because, of, because you are living for him. And watch this. And because of what? Familiarity, they miss the Messiah. You don't want to miss the Messiah because when you miss the Messiah, not only do you miss heaven, but you miss your calling in life. I want to tell you something. James, the brother of Jesus, he was an unsaved man. And you know what I found out? All of his brothers and sisters were unsaved. But, but watch this. But, but here's the thing. Even his mother, because at the end, Jesus said she had to see him, hallelujah, as Lord. That's why he called her woman. He said, woman, behold your son. And when she saw him as Lord and not her son, watch this, she made it to heaven. Do I have anybody? Jesus wanted what we all want for our family. Come on, somebody. We all want our family to be saved, don't we? We all want our mamas and daddies and cousins and aunties and everybody to go to heaven. But here's the thing. If you miss the Messiah, if you miss Jesus, if you don't accept him into your heart today, I want to talk to somebody here today. If you don't know him as your Messiah, that's where the problem comes in. And here's the thing. It's more than just, listen, watch this. Jesus and James was in the same house. So I use that in the analogy of us just coming to church. We are around the church. We're in the church. We preach. <laughs> we may serve on the usher board. We may sing in the choir. We, we, may, we may do a ministry. But the question is, are you just hanging around the house? Or do you really know the Messiah? Do you really believe 
in the Messiah. See, that's where the problem was. They grew up together. He rejected him as his Lord and Savior. See, that's where the problem is. Can you imagine? I don't know who was older. <laughs> Amen. I don't know. I, I, I may assume in my sanctified imagination that probably, well, no, Jesus was the oldest. Had to be because he was the firstborn. Right? I don't know what order now James comes, but watch this. Can you imagine? <laughs> Amen. James saying, man, I, I, how are you going to call yourself God? This is what he was claiming to be. This is what he was saying. He says, I came from my father. Can you imagine James saying, man, what's wrong with you? Your father's in the house. That's Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> are you with me? Can you imagine him saying, watch this, I'm God. James like, have you lost your mind? What do you mean you God? Amen. Listen, I know sometimes it's hard to believe. Amen. That, that there are some people in your family. Come on, somebody. That's hard to believe that God had saved them. Do I have anybody? <laughs> Amen. It's hard to believe that they're standing here preaching the word. But may I say something to you? Nothing. It's too hard for God. Come on, somebody. Because look at where you used to be. Look at how far God has brought you. Because guess what? We were the same way. Watch this. We, our mamas told us to go to church. Amen. Matter of fact, they took us to church, but yet we didn't learn anything. Yet we hung around the church. Come on, somebody. And it wasn't until you and I had that dark night of the soul. It wasn't until we stopped, rejected him as Messiah is when we got to understand what mama and daddy had been talking about. Oh, I wish I had somebody. See, you can reject him for a little while. You can be in the right place doing the wrong thing. You can be in the right place believing the wrong thing. But I thank God that one day my eyes was open. And rather than being familiar with Jesus, I came into a personal relationship with Jesus. Do I have anybody? See, I said, Jesus, you should have said something. I want to say something. When he is your Messiah, nothing, I wish I had you, I said nothing is too hard for him. I can't even say his name without getting happy because his name is powerful. His name is magnificent. His name is wonderful. But thank God that I stopped being familiar with him and I formed a relationship with him. James messed up, but James got a second chance. Do I have anybody? See, the only reason that James is writing the book of James, oh my gosh, and he's writing it with humility because he's so embarrassed at the fact that, watch this, that he had rejected his own brother being God. Do I have anybody? When Jesus rose from the dead, he saw resurrection power. Oh, I feel my help coming here. Watch the text. The text says, James, a bondservant of who? God and, I'm going to say it one more time. He says, and of the who? 
Lord Jesus Christ. See, it wasn't until he made Jesus Lord could he be wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, twisted up, turned up with Jesus. Do I have anybody? The one that he rejected before is the one that he's living for now. Have you ever been there before? Familiarity. There's a danger in it, but it's not too late. It's not too late for you. While the blood is running warm in your veins, you and I should testify that we know a man from Galilee who saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Oh, grace is amazing. So amazing. See, sometimes we can be in the presence of God and miss the message, but I thank God that James accepted him, watch this, and became the leader of the church. Now, now here's what is so amazing about grace. You lived with him for 33 years because the Jewish child didn't leave home right away. And yet, What's so amazing about grace is because you and I would have turned our backs on our brothers and say, don't try to believe in me now. <laughs> I wish I had somebody. Can you imagine how many people Michael Jordan and told that to? Don't try to believe in me now. Coach, you told me I wasn't going to be nothing. But now I got a little something. I wish I had somebody. Now I got status and stardom. Now I got, amen, Lamborghinis and beach houses. Now you want to mess with me. But I thank God that his grace is amazing. That I don't have to have anything. But even though I rejected him, guess what? Hallelujah. It is the power of the resurrection. Hallelujah that brought James into the family of God. It was not only the power of the resurrection, but it was the power of the gospel that brought him to know Jesus as his Lord. The same brother he used to cuss, the same brother that he rejected is the same brother that saved his soul. Oh, thank God for the family dynamics. Thank God that yes, we may have went the wrong way in life, but thanks be to Jesus that one day, hallelujah, you met the risen Lord. I thank God for Jesus today. Why did he believe all of a sudden? Because he understood something. He saw himself in his sinful condition and he realized that he couldn't do anything about it. And the, can you imagine the regret that he lived with? Can you imagine if you die and you've been in church all your life and you, because of familiarity, you miss the Messiah and you miss the message. There's a danger in familiarity. And if you find yourself becoming too common, with the message of Jesus. 
If you find yourself saying, oh, man, that's the same. He preaches the same thing every week. There's no better thing to preach but Jesus. Because that's why we come. James lived. I, 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 I imagine in my sanctified imagination that he lived with a lot of regrets. Because the text says, James, a bondservant. He went from being so far left. Hallelujah. Like, like Paul. Paul was a persecutor of the church. Paul rejected the Messiah. But here's the difference between Paul and James. James was in the same house. I'm going to say it one more time. I don't know why I'm stressing this. He was in what? The same house. What house are you in? You are in the same house of Jesus. Why are you living so powerless? Why are you living so defeated? Why are you depressed? Why are you down when you have Jesus as your brother? Jesus as your Lord? Jesus as your Savior? Jesus is here. And he has left a message for you. Accept me. And allow the Holy Spirit to control your life. He says, I go and I leave you another helper, another helper who will help you to live a powerful Christian life. But here's the thing, saints. Familiarity. When you walk in the doors of the church, you're coming home. When you come into his presence, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Treat him as he's here. Can you imagine? So many people come. So many people leave. And where they are right now, they're not happy. Because they have become so familiar with things that they started to miss the true essence of what it means to be a sanctified believer. See? Familiar, the danger of familiarity can cause us to come here and have dull ears can you imagine how many times Jesus walked around the house saying, say, man, James, let me tell you something, man. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can imagine, listen, it's impossible to think, you know, even though it's not written, right, that to be in the same house with Jesus and he don't tell you nothing about your eternal security, about going to heaven, say, James, let me holler at you, man. Man, I don't want to hear that, man. I don't want to hear nothing from you. Move around, man. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Isn't that what we did? We had aunts, we had uncles, we had family members, we had brothers and sisters who said, come on to church with me. Come, come on. Let's go. And yet, they rejected the message. But here's, here's what happened. I'm closing right here. It was after James got saved. Not only did God give him the privilege to be saved after he had rejected the message, 
But here's what God did. He became the leader of the church. Oh, I wish I had somebody. He became one of the leaders in the church. So, watch this. He was the total opposite. But it was after Jesus had rose from the dead, died, buried, and rose from the dead, and ascended to heaven, that's when he believed. Now, you know, the natural man will say, man, you don't, now, 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 now you want to believe? <laughs> but that's what's so amazing about grace. God doesn't hold these little petty things against us, y'all. All he wants us to do is repent. God, I'm so sorry that I've treated your house with familiarity. That I've treated your man with God with familiarity. That I've treated the word of God with familiarity. That, yeah, I got saved and then I stopped. I'm not even, listen, when you pray, pray in the name of Jesus. See, these are the things that we must examine ourselves on a consistent basis and say, okay, am I, am I, Becoming too familiar, the danger of it, with the things of God. Amen? Give God a hand clap. Thanks.